0: Hello, thank you for joining us for the Seed to Sow podcast. My prayer is that you will be blessed by today's word. Double for your trouble. Zechariah chapter 9 verses 11 through 12. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now, I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. These verses of scripture are taken from the prophecy of Zechariah. And Zechariah is a relatively short book. It is the next to the last book in the Old Testament. Zechariah was both a priest and a prophet. Priests carry out the responsibilities and duties of leading God's people in the temple of God. But you can be a priest without being a prophet. A prophet is a person that stands between God and man. A prophet is God's mouthpiece and he or she speaks about what is to come. It is said that Zechariah was a very young man when he was called to be a priest and a prophet to carry out these two very important ministries. Zechariah's name means God remembers. And if you don't take anything else from this message, I want you to take this. God remembers. He remembers his promises and he remembers our limitations. Psalm one hundred three fourteen says, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Aren't you glad that God remembers? He remembers the good that you do. He remembers his promises to us and he remembers that we are limited and we need to depend on him. Despite our faults and failures, God remembers his covenant and he will keep his promises to us. This prophecy is significant because you see, God sends specific messages at specific times through his messengers. When God sends his prophets, it is with a specific message for a specific people for a specific time. Have you ever had the experience of hearing God's word And that word was just for you. The Israelites had been allowed to experience a cruel and intense captivity and oppression in Babylon. Zechariah was writing to them after they had been released from captivity. They could move around from place to place, but something else kept them from being completely free. They were released from one kind of bondage, but another kind of bondage was affecting them. Physically, they were free, but spiritually and emotionally, they were still bound up. They were suffering from something called discouragement. A few years ago, I went to a funeral in. St. Louis with my parents and I saw so many relatives, so many cousins I hadn't seen in a long time. I had a chance to talk to one of my cousins. He is a first cousin. He's the son of my mother's brother and he calls himself Red, but his real name is Johnny. When I saw him, I remembered how excited my parents had been when they spoke of him because he had gotten saved recently and he had been through alcohol and drug addiction. And it seemed like he had finally had a breakthrough when they had last seen him. He had been so excited and the light of the Lord had been on his face and he was such a different person. He had that glow of someone who had just been delivered. And as I spoke to him, I said, oh, I remember you because I haven't seen you in a long time, but my parents shared with me that you just got saved. And he was quiet for a few minutes. And then he said, yeah, but I haven't been back to church in a while. You see, I just got discouraged. He said, my past just keeps holding me back. And he said, I had been in jail before and I used drugs and it seemed like Every time I would look for a job, my past would just keep pulling me down. I sympathized with Red, and I was sorry for him, and I said, don't give up. Don't stop pursuing God. When you stepped forward to follow the Lord, he knew you would have these moments. Don't be discouraged. This thing called Discouragement affects all of us sometimes. The Israelites had been delivered physically, but now they were experiencing discouragement. This was a serious situation because they had the responsibility to rebuild, to rebuild their homes, but also more importantly, to rebuild the temple of God. They had work to do, but they were crippled by discouragement. Discouragement is a dangerous and powerful weapon of the enemy. Sometimes you feel like saying, if it ain't one thing, it's another. If the enemy can get you to sit down and give in to those emotions, he will say to you, why should you even try? Why should you even go forward? Why don't you just give up? They were tired. They had been through so much. And one of the times that the enemy drops in is when you're tired and exhausted. But tragically, they were also beginning to lose faith. They were beginning to doubt whether God was going to do what he had promised. Zechariah's message was one of encouragement to God's people. There are times when we pray and God moves expeditiously and quickly. But there are other times when it seems to us that God moves more slowly in answering our prayers. We can't see what God is doing. We can't see the evidence of his movement. A few years ago, when my oldest grandson was very young, I was sick. I had had an allergic reaction to a nasal medication and I couldn't breathe and I had a hard time sleeping the doctor said try sitting while you're sleep sitting up try sleeping while you're sitting up and so I went to the other bedroom to not keep my husband awake and I went and sat in my prayer chair and I tried to go to sleep sitting up about five in the morning I heard these little footsteps these little feet At the door and little Jonathan came in and he said, Nana, can I sit in here with you? Can I sleep in here? He started to lie down on the bed and he said, can we turn the light on? I said to myself, oh no, it's bad enough that I've got to sleep sitting up. But I said, okay, I'll turn the light on. I got up slowly, and I turned on the light and sat back down. After a few minutes, Jonathan said, Nana, you can turn the light off now. I can still see you in the dark. I just needed a little light in my mind. There are times when we cannot see what God is doing. The Spirit comes and visits us. And puts a little light in our minds when it's dark and discouragement sets in and we cannot see God or how he's moving it is possible to become despondent and discouraged there were three things Zechariah wanted them to understand first God would go to great lengths to protect and deliver his people. Deliverance was coming. And it wasn't based on anything they did or said. God said, because of the blood of the covenant with you. You see, just because God has made a promise, he has sealed it with the blood of Jesus Christ. And for that reason, deliverance is coming. The answers to our prayers are coming, but not because we've been so good or because we've done everything right. It is because of the blood of the covenant. That's what God said. Aren't you glad for the blood? The blood that accomplished what the prophets could not accomplish what we could not in ourselves accomplish, the blood of Jesus that never loses its power. Whatever that bondage is that's holding you back from discovering the true joy of the Lord Jesus Christ, past failure, low self-esteem, guilt, shame, regret, disappointment, discouragement, God wants you to be completely delivered From whatever it is, he wants 150% deliverance for us. The second thing Zechariah wanted the people to know is that God wanted his people to come back to him. He said, return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. In other words, come back to me with your whole heart. Don't come like you did the first time. I want your whole heart. Matthew 15, 8 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. God is saying, You acknowledge me with your mouth. Now return to me. Return with your whole heart. So many believers live a life that is half-heartedly committed to God, and they wonder why they haven't experienced the full blessings of God. One minute you are asking God to work things out for you, and the next minute you're out there trying to fix it yourself. One minute you're in the fortress, the next minute you're out in the world. We are not ready to receive God's all until we are willing to give him our all. God said, return to your fortress. You're out there running around, dipping in the fortress now and then. Come in the fortress, stay in the fortress. You see, a fortress is a place of extraordinary protection and safety. A fortress is a large place where you're protected But there's also room to move around in there. There's provision in there. God has all you need in the fortress. What you need on the inside and on the outside. When you get in the fortress, you find out that my God really will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. When you get in the fortress, you find out Like it says in Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Return to your fortress. Return with your whole heart. You'll find your purpose in the fortress. You'll find your peace in the fortress. You'll find out, like it says in Psalm 138, he really will fulfill his purpose for you when you make up your mind that you want him with your whole heart, not just things from him, when you return to your fortress, the power of God dwells in there. The spirit will fill you up in that fortress. The third thing was this. He said, even now, God wanted them to know that It wasn't too late for his promises to be fulfilled. He said, Even now, even now, after everything you have been through, even now, although you sometimes feel like a wounded warrior, even now, when you have fallen short of my glory. And you've let me down in the past. Even now when you have failed to obey me at times. Even now when you've made mistakes. Even now after you have failed to consult me. Even now when you didn't stop to think about me for what I've already done. And you didn't stop to thank me. Even now, God said, I announce. When God announces, we need to sit up and take notice. Even though you feel battered and discouraged and worn out, God says, even now I announce. He says, I know you've been holding on and I know it's been a long time you've been waiting. It seems like this trial just won't go away. Don't give up now. Don't stop trusting me now. Don't stop believing me now. I've proven myself to you so many times. Even now, though it seems like you're just holding on by a thread. Even now, when it seems like you can't hear anybody praying. Even now, when it seems like there's no hope. You've prayed and you've cried and cried and prayed. God said, even now, I announce. Even now, when you haven't kept your promises to God, even now, I, the one who has never failed to fulfill my prophecy, even now, I, the one who has never broken a promise, the one who has never failed, I announce, I will restore twice as much to you. Whatever you lost in the past, whatever you messed up on in your past, whatever you felt you missed that everybody else got, God said, I will restore twice as much to you. When deliverance comes, I'm going to give you double for your trouble. You know, I love to watch court shows. And I'm not talking about Judge Judy or some of the very minor court shows. I mean the real court cases where you have things that are really in jeopardy. And I love to watch when one side, the first side will present its case and people come up to testify. And you know, as you watch, it seems like the case is closed, like it's already set and your mind is swayed to believe that the case is over. But then the defense gets up and the defense will pull out the star witness. And you stop and you begin to listen and you've got to look at that thing again. You know, if I was in court right now, I would call a couple of witnesses. I would say, you know, it looks like it's all over. It looks like God is not going to come through. But I would call the witness Isaiah because in Isaiah 61, he said, instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, they will inherit. I would call Job, and Job might be old, and he might take a minute to get up to the witness stand, and it might take him some time to get his thoughts together, but I just believe that Job would say, my friends told me to curse my God and die they told me it was no use that I ought to curse the day I was born. But he said, I am going to trust my God. You see, after Job prayed for his friends, God made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. God will keep his promises. Confess that today. Say it out loud. God, you said I will restore twice as much to you. Now, some of you will hang up the phone and you'll leave this message and you won't grab hold of this promise. You know, this word has been simmering for a little while and God had to get it ready for us. When I cook, when I prepare Sunday dinner, I do it carefully and I watch how long I put my dishes in the oven so that they don't undercook or overcook. You see, I want a certain income. I want a a certain outcome. I want a certain flavor in the food. God knows how long it's been. He knows how long you've been praying. He knows how long you have been waiting. Will you grab hold of God's promise today? I know you've been waiting. I know you've been hurting. I know you have been patient. I know sometimes you feel discouraged. But God has said in his word today, I will give you double for your trouble. Double peace. Double joy. Double faith. Double favor. A double portion of my spirit. A double portion of my presence. Double blessings. God said, even now. Even though it seems like it's been too long, I will restore to you twice as much. Amen. Join us again next week for the Seed to Sow podcast with Reverend Lisa Weathers Hall. You can also reach us by email at seed to sow ministry at gmail.com. S E E D T O S O W ministry at gmail.com. God bless you.